0: Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Welcome to episode, I think it's 251.
1: 251. There you go. We are hurtling towards the 300 milestone. (laughs) Yay
0: us. Welcome to Food Bites. I'm Kevin Hillier. This is Sarah Patterson. Of course, the the show is named after.
1: And Kevin, I love it when we interview AFL footballers because we get some absolute gems, especially about their dietary habits. Oh, or lack of them.
0: Well, these days they have, you know, nutritionists, dietitians, they have mm. charts, they have a, the, 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 everything that winks and blinks and nods is told what they yes. need to do uh, in the kitchen. Uh, but back in the day <laughs> when this man was playing, who's our guest uh, this week, um, there was a lot more freedom of expression of what you ate before a game and after a game. And Yes. It is uh, three-time <laughs> premiership player Cameron Mooney. Uh, he's a good fellow, Cam Mooney. Uh, yeah. A Very self-effacing human being. Being. He knows that his first premiership, he didn't actually get a touch, mm. uh, but he got a medal. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the other two, he became a pivotal part of that uh, very successful Geelong period. So it's terrific to have you on, played over 200 games, as uh, Sarah said, three premierships and mm. uh, just a really good bloke. But, uh, yeah, well, just, he's
1: kicking goals with Fox footy now too. Uh,
0: he is with the bounce uh, amongst other things and uh, one of their expert uh, comments people. But uh, <laughs> it'd be fair to say, as you'll find out, <laughs> when we talk to Cam, he's a pig. <laughs>
1: No, he's not.
0: Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is.
1: No. Way. Well, well after, only when you refer to what he ate before a game. After people hear the interview, they will concur okay. with
0: my with my thoughts. And
1: our uh, our food poll this week. Mm. Interesting. It's a dumpling off. We're putting <laughs> we're putting savory against sweet again. Savory against sweet. So we're going the pot sticker dumpling yep. versus the golden syrup dumpling. Yeah, interesting. Some people said that's not even fair. You can't put those in the same category. Oh, I said, yes, well, why can. can't you? Yeah, you They're can. both dumplings. Sweet
0: and savoury. Yeah. Yeah, sweet and sour. Sweet and savoury. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get to that. Uh, but first, let's get to three-time Premiership player, Cameron Mooney. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.
1: Hey, Cameron Mooney, let's cut straight to the chase. Is Cameron Mooney a foodie? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I, I am. Um, I'm not sure if I'm a great cook, but I like to cook. Um, but I'm pretty stock standard with my cooking, so I'm not sure that classes me as a foodie.
1: Mm, so you get by. So what kind of things, if you're um, left to your own devices, would you knock together?
2: Oh, look, if I'm left to my own device, it's Thai, but mm. my kids barely eat it, so I don't get to cook it too much. Uh, which annoys me and frustrates me. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, if it's Thai or Chinese or anything like that, uh, but if it's cooking, it's Thai, um, and I love making my own homemade pizzas. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. But I do, but I do them on the, like, you know you know you've got wraps? Yeah. So I do them on wraps, so really, really obviously thin base. Mm. But my kids, they always want the thicker base because all kids think pizza's got to be about how thick it is, but... <laughs> But, I, uh, yeah, I cook up a little specialty on my pizzas and on on, on the wrap bases, which I absolutely love. And, and my other one is probably just the old stock standard barbecue, which I'm just looking at right now.
1: And the pizzas on those those thin bases are, um, are lovely. What about the toppings? Are you, uh, you know, do you chuck a bit of ran, a good, random okay. pine, so pineapple so I'm on a there? a bit
2: weird. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, it'll be... Obviously, your ham, I've got to have my ham on it. Um, I get chicken pieces and I cut up chicken pieces all over it as well. So, I'm a bit of a mix of everything. Um, this is what I do with. So you know the little bits of corn that you can get in the little little tins? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh, I you mean like the, the, right. the, the,
1: the baby corn, like the actual, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Those little corn pieces, so I <gasps> spread them all over. Oh. Um, Salami, I cut all that up, throw that on there as well, um, douse it in cheese and a bit of chili sauce. So it's a bit weird. Uh, not too many people would look at it and go, that's going to be nice. But I think that's going be
0: delicious. Now, you're a country boy uh, growing up. Were you a big eater?
2: Yeah, well, I was one of three boys, Kev. So uh, we had to be big eaters because if you're if you didn't get uh, get your hands dirty on the kitchen table, you, my two older brothers would have always taken the leftovers. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, we were big eaters. I mean, we were on a sheep farm. Um, you know, we, we obviously had a big deep freezer full of our own own meat. Uh, yeah, and we ate a lot of meat, a lot of meat and veggies, kids.
1: A lot of lamb roasts on a Sunday?
2: A lot of lamb roasts, a lot of lamb cutlets. <laughs> A lot of lamb and everything, basically.
1: <laughs> did you
0: have a, a a sort of sporting routine that you had before you played? I mean, back uh, back before the dietitians got to you, did you have anything you know that you used to like to eat before you played? The,
2: <laughs> a good it's luck charm. You know, the funny thing is, so what we what I would do, I was very all over the place with mine. Joel Corey, Joel Corey, um, who I played you know 10 or so 15 12 years with I should say he would always have pasta the night before hands down it had to be the same pasta meal so if I played a if I played a few bad games in a row I'd, I'd change up I'd try something else and then if I played well so I remember one day I was playing badly so I thought ah oh, stuff I'm just gonna have I feel like lamb cutlets oh. I cooked up 24 lamb cutlets and just ate <laughs> just ate the cutlets by themselves Played really well, Kev, Sarah, and had that for the next six weeks until I played poorly, then tried to find something else. Um, so it would be all over the place. Beef stroganoff was one that I used to have. I, for some reason, I cooked up a beef stroganoff one night before a game played well, and that was my routine for probably another five, six, seven weeks and probably until I played poorly.
1: Wow. And I'm just, <laughs> just to clarify, you did say you had 24 lamb chops in one sitting.
2: 24 lamb chops, yes. <laughs> it was. Uh, I look back now, and so I hear something. And what was I thinking? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, what about um, what about a, a sweet tooth? I mean, as an athlete, you can obviously burn off more energy than the average uh, Joe. Was is there room in your life, and has there been for uh for sweet treats? Uh,
2: yes, unfortunately, um, I probably took it too far. <laughs> um, so my biggest thing always was at night. I loved a cup of tea, mm-hmm. and I used to love. So I grew up with, you know, my dad and we'd always have tea and we'd always, you know, dunk a biscuit. So, you know, you grow up having a couple and then by the time I was old enough to go on, on my own, it would be a pack of biscuits. Um, so, yeah, the night before a game or during the week, it was shocking. I'd, I'd just eat too many biscuits, sweet biscuits, you know, dip it in my tea and go through a pack of it.
1: Oh, Nassie, now, now we... Uh, so my
2: diet was never great, I'll be honest.
1: <laughs> so now we have, we're we getting to the nitty-gritty. What kind of yes. bis- What kind of biscuits...
2: Uh, for a long time, there it was a Scotch finger biscuits that were chocolate coated on the on the back. Yeah, I had to go that extra mile. I had to go that extra mile and get the chocolate coated one. Um, so anything along there, and then if I was really feeling feisty, I might get the Tim Tams or Mint slices oh. out, uh, just the chocolate.
1: <laughs> my gosh, you and Kevin have a lot of I was similarities. So you're uh, you're a
2: brother see, from another mother. My dietitian hated me, so I'd get to the dietitian and I'd literally have to beg her and take a couple of points off here and there, just so I could get under the <laughs> under the weight or under the number that uh, would get us through to food for a weekend.
0: There's, there's no doubt in your volume of food was a problem too. 24, 24 lamb cutlets and now packets of biscuits, not just a couple. Yeah,
2: I know, I know. Well, the thing is I, so I'd spend my week um, and I'd, I'd, so I'd walk in on a week during the week and everyone would train, but I'd go and do a whole bunch of extras. I'd do a heap of boxing, I'd do a heap of gr- a grinder, swimming, bike riding. I'd do all of those things so I could keep my skin folds down because I knew my diet wasn't, wasn't great. So that was how I kind of got away with it.
0: So, how you handled it since you finished playing?
2: Well, I've probably cut back on all of that. stuff. <laughs> um, but in saying that, I, I'm still—I go to the gym a lot. I still do a lot of boxing and um, try and go for a run whenever I can. I've got the border collie just laying here next to me in the sun on the on the back deck. So she keeps me active. Um, so that's the only only way I can do it, to be honest. If if I don't. Do a lot of exercise, I'll, I'll blow out because my yeah, I, I've just got a sweet tooth. I just can't help myself. Yeah,
1: just going back to your your footy days, um, Cam. You know, there's lots of ups and downs when you're uh, an elite athlete, and, and you've had your share with a uh, with a run of um mm. knee knee um issues. And I did read. Um, I think it was the 2011 grand final where you said it was it was heartbreaking for you because you sat there behind the glass with a few uh, pots watching your teammates mm-hmm. getting it done. Take us back to uh, to that time and and the impact it, it had on your life.
2: So 2011 was uh, oh clearly my last year of footy and was my hardest year of footy. Um, my my mind was saying yes, but my body was just saying no. Um, So I got to the end of 2010 and I had an okay year but dropped away a little bit. But I still thought I had one year left in me. Um, Stupidly, I probably took too much time off over that summer and didn't really concentrate on my knee, um, which was giving me uh, serious problems and my hamstrings were giving me serious problems and I I probably had too much time off. So then by the time we got back to training, uh, I just couldn't get on top of them. And I reckon by February, I actually thought to myself, I'm done. Uh, I was doing a train, we were doing a training session and one of the young guys, I like, probably might have been a first or second year player, pushed me off the ball and I my body virtually collapsed on me and I just, I literally just walked off the track. I said, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Walked off, uh, sat down with Scotty at the time and he said, look, just, you know, let's just keep pushing forward and. And then I spent the rest of that year in and out of the seniors. Uh, my first handful of games were just were, were horrible. To be, in all honesty, I just I felt like the game had gone past me in a rated knots. Um, and then that mid-year, it was. I think we played the Gold Coast up there for their very first home game. I don't know if you ever remember that, Kev. They, they played their first home game against Cheltenham Gazza against his whole team. Yeah. I came off at a half time and this is when we had the sub-best, and I said to Scotty, I, I, I think I'm retiring. Like, I was just – these young blokes were running around me like I was a witch's hat. Mm. And I said, mate, I'm done. He goes, oh, don't be sure. I said, no, I think I'm done. Uh, and he said, look, have a couple of weeks off. Try and get some fitness up. I came back through the reserves. I had about four or five games in the reserves, which I really enjoyed. Got back into the seniors. We played Melbourne down here at Geelong, where we kicked over 200 points. I kicked five goals in the first half. So I thought, yeah, beautiful. I'm back. This is great. But then over the next couple of weeks, my body just dwindled again. And then I got suspended, Kevin, and uh, couldn't get back into the team. And um, and then I watched a young Tom Hawkins um, you know, go from a boy, you know, really turn into a man over a final series. And he virtually took my spot. And the rest is history. He's become one of the greatest players ever. Yeah, must be that... But that was tough, to be honest. So I was there for six, 12 years. I was there when the club was poor. Uh, we came through as a young group together as these young boys, and we became these, you know, these men together who had major success. And then to watch those boys run around, who I was so happy for and proud of. But to stand, as you said, I was behind the glass door with um, glass window with Darren Milburn. We both missed that grand final, and you know it was heartbreaking to watch our best mates get a third premiership for this footy club that you know we probably deserved one as well to be at that being there but you know we missed out and that's just footy sometimes
0: yeah it's tough though isn't it it is hard and, and men- mentally did i mean you're not obviously you've you've moved on from it but uh, i mean there, there are mental scars there obviously
2: um not so much from that one i mean mentally i was shot for the year i mean that was that's why i was it was my toughest year, but it was, it was one of my proudest years. Um, you now, there were days I'd get out of bed and I'd get to the footy club and I'd sit in my car and I, I'd sit there for five minutes just contemplating going home mm. because I knew my body was shot. I knew I couldn't complete the way that I wanted to. Um, as I said, I was playing those reserves of those years um, for, for a few weeks and in and out early in the season. So I was, I was literally just sitting in the car some days, just going, Oh, geez, we we'll just go home, just go back to bed and just, just, just be done with it. Um, but I kept pushing through, kept training really hard. So I was proud of the fact that I, I got back into the seniors and, and was doing okay. But as I said, mate, the body just completely fell apart on I me. Mean, so that was tough, but my mental scars go back to our late kid. You know that. Yep. Back to, back to that glorious grand final where I completely shank every kick that I got <laughs> the, the,
0: the thing about you Moons though is that you talk about those things in, in such a refreshing way in such an honest way Like you, you've clearly obviously in your own mind dealt with them and, and worked them out in your head and, and you're you, as comfortable as you can be with those things you're now comfortable with them
2: yeah look I mean I probably, I've learnt to probably have a laugh at it yep. otherwise I'd be crying. Yeah. Um, you know, the 08 one was the hardest thing that, that ever – that was the worst day of my life, mm. hands down. Um, you know, we had, a, we had a team that was – that was the best team that i have ever played in, 08. I mean, it was better than 07, better than 09. And we were probably, at minimum, a six-goal better team than, than the next best, which was awful. Um, But we just – we shanked it on the day. <laughs> And they were they were fantastic, and I had one of the most horrendous days in front of goal. And you know, yeah, yeah I spent you know months and years blaming myself for a grand final off and that you know that's pretty tough to live with. Yeah. And now it's just well, you know, it, lucky enough we got another one the next year, which really did uh, help me. Um, but my my 2009 season, you know, in front of goal was nothing short of horrendous. You know, I had the yips. And I speak about it with um, Matty Richardson all the time. Yeah, we are probably the, the two guys who had the, the biggest hips in the AFL. Um, yeah, I was kicking below 50%, I think, in front of goal. It was just horrendous. But I was lucky enough that I was surrounded by a bunch of superstars who got me through it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting times. Um, <laughs> now, you enjoying uh, your role at Fox Footy and uh, and being on the other side of, the, uh, of the, the football sort of equation?
2: Yeah, I love it. I love it, Kevin. As I said to you the other day, um, I tell people playing footy. If you're eighteen to thirty years of age and you're lucky enough to be playing at a high level at AFL, and you're even luckier to be at a successful football club, it's the best years of your life. Like it really is. It's the greatest job in the world. And then I've gone from that to you know what I say, the second best job in the world. I get to travel the country. Uh, not so much nowadays, since since COVID hit us, we don't travel as much as we used to, or anywhere near as much as we used to. But you know, I used to travel the country and, you know, watch games of football and talk about a game that I love. So, you know, talk about being lucky. Boy from Wagga, got mm. uh, got to play in premierships, got to play with two of the great teams in North Melbourne and then Geelong, and then just to run around on TV and pretend I know what I'm talking about.
1: How good that? Hey, uh, Cameron, in our extensive research that we do here, because we've spoken to a few um, former AFL players on this um, on this yep. show, and we have discovered a common theme is that footy players, AFL players, uh, have a really big uh, coffee culture thing going on. They love their coffee. Have you found that to mm. be true?
2: Well, as I sit here and drink my second coffee for the morning, yes, I um, <laughs> I do. We um, so what it is. So this is where this is where young blokes can get caught up, and this is probably where I got caught up early in my career. Instead of being a hard worker and doing the extras, um, you know, we'd finish training, and then it was like, right, where are we all going for coffee? And there'd be five to ten blokes we would all rock into a cafe, and then we'd try different cafes. But if we found one we liked, we'd hit that one for months until the owner until we got sick of the owner, <laughs> so we'd go to the next place. Yeah, no, it is a big culture. It's a really big culture. But uh, coffee and golf is probably the big culture of, of uh, football, because particularly through pre-season, uh, everyone does, has their pre-season, has their run, do whatever, blah, 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 and then they go for a hit of golf. Or During the season in particular, you come in early in the week, you do your recovery. Um, and then, boom, off you'd go to a cafe and you'd grab a coffee and you'd grab some lunch with the boys. So, yeah, it's a really big culture in that in system. Yeah, it's very civilised. Now,
0: remembering where you come from, Cam, what are your flat, white, your oh. strong, skinny latte? What are we? I'm
2: a, I'm a, I'm a large, skinny, flat, white, one sugar. <laughs> <laughs> that, is my, that is my stock standard order, mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's
2: got to be in a mug. It's got to be in a oh. mug, otherwise I don't, I don't have it. I like them big.
0: Very, good, very Unfortunately, good.
2: Unfortunately, I probably go through, well, in all honesty, I'll drink four to probably five cups a day. So, yeah. yeah, I really do love my coffee. Now, you're
0: a real estate mogul uh, down on the Bellarine Peninsula these days. How's that going?
2: Well, the mogul part might be a bit rich at the moment, <laughs> yeah, to but, uh, look, I'm, I'm working with uh, Anthony Stevens, North Melbourne legend, uh, who I uh, obviously had three years of uh, my early life with. Um, who really took me under his wing when I was at North Melbourne? He used to live up the road from me in Ascot Vale, and both of our brothers actually played in the Ovens and Murray League. So we'd play Friday night, and then on a Saturday, you know, and, you know, we'd drive up uh, up to Albury or Wodonga or wherever it was, and we'd watch our brothers play, uh, and then we'd obviously come back to Melbourne. So we we had a really good relationship, and I ran into him. Uh, about eighteen months ago, two years ago now, uh, he's doing real estate down here in Geelong, and I said, you know what, it's something I wouldn't mind getting into, and you know, here we are, almost just over twelve months later of working together and having a ball, mate. Working with Ray White Rural Victoria, so we look after all the all of Victoria, uh, but we probably concentrate on that lifestyle and, and rural side of things, um, and yeah, really enjoying it. Market's a bit slow, but really enjoying it.
1: Now, usually to finish off, um, can we uh, we ask our guests uh, if they have a kitchen tip or a cooking tip to share. Do you have one of those?
2: My biggest tip is I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a clean freak, Sarah, mm-hmm. to be honest, yeah. and I clean as I go. Because ah. as you know, there's nothing worse after you've cooked up this big meal. There's pots and pans and stuff everywhere. And then you eat it. The last thing you want to do after you've got a full stomach is clean. Yep. So I I learnt early on just to clean as I go. So that is my biggest tip. I tell the kids all the time because my wife actually, she cooks the other one. She makes a bit of a mess and then we are after we are, she goes, well, I cook you clean. I was like, well, Hang on, when I took luckily. How does it? How does this work? Uh, so there's, that's there's my the tip.
0: Bit. That's a very good tip, and there is the mm. meaning of life right there. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Good on your moon. It's always good to catch up with you, mate. Uh, take care and, uh, and enjoy the twenty twenty three footy season. Thank you.
2: No, thanks so much for having me. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.
0: He's a pig. <laughs> I'm sorry. 20-
1: 24 lamb
0: cutlets. No one. Even, even you know, I used to eat a lot of tacos and I'd eat sort of six or seven tacos and think I was uh, – 24
1: lamb cutlets. That's why I had to clarify. I had to go back and say, excuse me, Cameron, did you say 24? <laughs> 24 lamb cutlets. He said, yep, and I kept doing it. When we recorded that interview,
0: the look on your face when he said 24, <laughs> you looked at me as if to say he didn't just say twenty-four. Did did he did he say twenty four? Yeah, and then 24? whole
1: packets of Scotch finger biscuits, Tim Tams, mint slices. Okay.
0: I said earlier he's a pig. He's no. a pig with some taste though. <laughs> All your favorites. Now, since we did that interview, Cam has decided in his infinite wisdom mm. to jump in and do a boxing yes. match against Tom Bell Chambers. Now, Cam Mooney is a big a big unit. Um, in terms of a very tall mm. man, uh, Cam would be 6'4", six, 6'5", six, or thereabouts, mm. I guess. Uh, but a, a lean, mean fighting machine, to be honest. Mm. Tom Bell Chambers is about six foot eight in every direction. <laughs> Cam has clearly lost his bloody mind. Oh
1: well, there's a challenge for you.
0: Well, we'll see what happens. So I'm, I'm glad we got Cam before it the fisticuffs. fight in a fisticuffs. <laughs> because after the fight, it might not make anywhere near the sense that he well, made. I have then. to do
1: a weigh in and all of that, and then they they stand toe to oh. toe and nose to nose, and what, they they insult each oh, other. Oh, they do all
0: that stuff. But what would be the point of ex-footballers having a way in
1: yep okay <laughs> fat boy <laughs> hey oh All let's right. go to the food poll for this week the pot sticker dumplings up against golden syrup can dumplings. i ask you
0: before we start which mm. would you have
1: uh, I would go the golden syrup dumplings, I have oh, to say. yeah. Okay. Oh, you pot, would go the pot, pot, sticker. Sticker, yeah, I know. pot
0: sticker. I'm not a big golden syrup
1: fan. Oh, anything syrupy for me. Yeah, okay. Syrupy sweet as I am, enough. Terry will start us off. He says, it looks delicious, but you've got me there as I don't think I've ever had golden syrup dumplings. Oh, Terry, you're missing out. Terry, Terry, Terry. Uh, it's very much a dessert looking. The pot sticker is closer to what I have had, so I will vote that way, even though I would eat both of them.
0: Sue says, golden Golden syrup dumplings oh, with a big smiley face.
1: Sylvana, yes. I love dumplings. If I had to choose, it would be the golden syrup ones. And we like with the me. we
0: like the food poll to be educational as well as informative. Yes. So Lisa Marie says. What's in a pot sticker? To which Food Bites with Sarah Patterson replies, that would be you, (laughs) Lisa Marie, it's a steamed dumpling that's been pan-seared on one side (laughs) to give it a crispy bottom. And Rebecca then adds, Lisa Marie, you can have a variety of things. Pork is very Mm. popular. I like vegetables and mushrooms. What do you
1: like in your dumpling?
0: I like pork. Yeah. Oh, pork dumplings are beautiful. Chicken dumplings are good too.
1: <laughs> Jim Wilson says pot sticker dumplings and daylight second. And Steve Quatermain says, I'm a Jimbo. Jimbo. <laughs> Steve Woods, I will need a dozen of each to decide. <laughs>
0: That'd be right. Bartshaw says, uh, Golden Syrup by the length of the Flemington Strait.
1: He then hands it over to his mate Butcher. And Butcher says, Bartshaw, none of the above. Amanda, talking amongst yourselves during the food poll is considered rude. (laughs) Amanda says both. Joylene, golden syrup all the way. I can taste them now. Yummo. Tony Bennett says you had me at golden syrup. Yeah. Tina Stewart, I'm a sweet treats kind of gal, so it is the golden syrup dumpling for me.
0: Michelle Mostert says my mum used to make golden syrup dumplings when we were growing up, so I have to go with them. It's good old comfort food.
1: Davin Nicholas says it's a tough one today, Sarah. As a kid... I would have said golden syrup dumplings all the way. Mm. The closest thing to a pot sticker dumpling we had as kids in Currumburra was a steamed dimmy. <laughs> <laughs> but now, in the present, I would have to say I prefer pot sticker dumplings.
0: Okay. What are the old steamed dimmies like in Currumburra? <laughs>
1: not bad, as I remember. I, I think they're still serving the, the same batch. Um, <laughs> oh,
0: Kevin. <laughs> Karen says golden syrup
1: dumplings. Rachel says both. Yum.
0: Muriel Cooper says, look, it's not fair, Sarah. Oh, okay. If I really have to, golden syrup wins the day.
1: Fair enough. Daz Smith says, oh, boy, I could taste the golden syrup and vanilla ice cream as soon as I saw the photo. That gets my vote, and he's Mm. put a picture of a trophy.
0: Yep. Susanna says, oh, my God, you can't do this to me. Time and a place for both.
1: (laughs) Sarah Warmby definitely golden syrup dumplings in a bath, Kevin, a bath of custard. I like that
0: expression. Mm, A bath mm. of custard, bathing
1: in it. Yeah, You're soaking in it. That's Madge.
0: good. Thank you. Um, Sue Hosking <laughs> says savoury all the way for me.
1: Miss Sandy Crack Pot Sticker for me.
0: Uh, Samantha Lee says I'd eat either of them right now.
1: James Lake in capital letters both.
0: Jane Barnes says Pot Sticker Dumplings.
1: Alan Pot Sticker.
0: And old croaky has the final word, and it's a good one too. Pot sticker for me. Actually, all my cooking is pot sticker.
1: <laughs> well, I think the same could be said for lots of us, old croaky. And the result is both. No, no I no, reckon no, no, golden no, no, syrup. No, hang oh. on. Oh.
0: <laughs> You're like Laurie Oaks at the 1972 the election.
1: <laughs> Labor's won. No, damn <laughs> Sorry, as you work, Evan. Both, yep. 20%. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. Pot sticker, mm. 36%. <gasps> Golden Syrup, 44.
1: Wow. And I actually thought pre-poll that Potsticker would be the winner of the day. Uh, golden Syrup
0: was winning by a street and then mm. a very late charge for <laughs> Potsticker at the end. I don't know what happened, but the uh, the Potstickers were obviously making their Potsticker dumplings. And, yeah, and those and
1: childhood memories of sweet, sticky, dessert, putty-type stuff wins the day.
0: Putty-type stuff? Are we doing <laughs> are we doing Warner Brothers cartoons now, are we? And I thought I a putty putty, <laughs> I thought I saw
1: a putty over there.
0: That's the end of this potty. Only Um, if we
1: can start doing Elmer Fudd as well.
0: Oh, well, you know, be very, very afraid. I'm hunting rabbits. Wabbits. I think we did rabbit season, duck season before. Uh, That is uh, Food Bites. Hope you've enjoyed it. Just before we finish, uh, we did mention this is episode 251. Mm. So we kind of missed the 250 milestone, uh, which was a a big one with Melissa Leong, and we really loved having her on the program. Uh, Just wanted to say thank you to our producer, Steve Who does Who does a terrific job? uh, Has been with us for just about you know from day one, one, uh, putting this uh, this together, um, making us sound as good as he possibly can, which is a hell of an effort. He's incredibly patient and tolerant, Uh, just like my good self and myself. (laughs) In fact, everybody involved in this podcast we're the tolerant trio, exactly right. Uh, So thanks for listening. Thanks to Steve for his effort, and uh, we'll see you next time on Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. Ciao, Bella. Tolerant. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Food Bites Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the
2: latest news That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier